And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Friday edition of Football and Grits, the Athletics Daily SEC podcast. After last week's debacle, Seven games on the schedule, whittled down to three. We almost have a full slate of games to pick this weekend. The only one that's missing is Ole Miss at Texas A&M. That game is postponed, and quite frankly, I'm disappointed that that game is postponed because I think that game had a chance to be phenomenal, high-scoring, interesting. Lane Kiffin is, is, for my money, the best play caller in the SEC, and Texas A&M right now maybe a little bit overrated, whether we get to see that game this year or not, that'll be up in the air. Who knows what the SEC is going to do with all these postponements and only a couple dates to reschedule. We'll figure that out as the weeks go on on the show. This week, I am pleased to introduce our guest picker. As one of the smartest people that I've ever worked with, there's no doubt about that. Daniel Bramlett is a producer at SEC Network. He's a good friend. Brams as I'll call him here on the show today from this point moving forward. Thanks so much for being on the show. It's great to have you. It's great to be here, John, and you honor me with that introduction. Thank you so much. I uh, I try to be smart. I succeed sometimes and fail others, so it's good that I fooled you at least to, into thinking that I'm one of the smartest people you know. That's tremendous. That, that, Brams, that's what we try to do on the show. There's, there's one thing that we try to do is we try to introduce SEC fans to people – around the league that have their finger on the pulse. You know, there's there's people obviously in front of the camera that know exactly what they're talking about, but there's a ton of people behind the camera as well that know just as much. Brams is one of the best producers at ESPN. It's not even close. By the way, he's also one of the most savvy DraftKings players I've ever met. Brams, just for a second, man, how'd you get into DraftKings? Like, you're a master on the app. Like, do you play college football, DK, or what? I do like the Daily Fantasy. Uh, it's a good way to play. You know, I, I don't play for super high stakes, but I do like to have a couple dollars on the line. And uh, got into it with, back in the day, probably five years ago, with NFL, NBA, and soccer. And I'm a big soccer fan, as you are you. And they didn't at that time college football was not available. They but uh, a couple years ago they added college football to the DraftKings experience, and uh, I like to play. I've had some wins and some losses, but you know I, I try not to let that affect the way I think about things. Uh, try to be honest and uh, straight up, and you know play the fantasy for fun. I try to be as genuine as possible on this Friday show, so so the audience can get to know me, get to know the guests, and you know. DraftKings is a sponsor of Football and Grits, and it's not just lip service. 
I play DraftKings. Brands plays DraftKings. Uh, home Field Apparel. You'll hear that ad later in the show. Like I've bought Home Field Apparel. It's it's awesome to be able to do shows like this and and be sponsored by and and have partnerships with companies that you actually use. So that's why I wanted to bring that up. I know you're a DK player, so am I. Um, but we've got yep. we've got serious business on on the show today because big time. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to like you know. You know, brag or anything, but went three and zero on the show last week. So uh, we've got to follow that up, Rams. Uh, no pressure, uh, and, and we've got a really good board today. Um, we've got Tennessee at Auburn. Auburn's a ten and a half point favorite at home in this game. And you know, honestly, my gut reaction when I saw that line was, "Wow, that number is high." I'm curious what you have to think about that. We've got LSU at Arkansas. Arkansas is a a two point home dog. Now, whether this game happens or not, I think that's an important disclaimer. Uh, Sam Pittman on Thursday said, honestly, in his press conference, and man, it's it's hard not to like this guy. You know, you put a microphone in front of him, and and he's as honest as they come in the SEC. And uh, Arkansas is is flirting with that cutoff number of fifty three scholarship players. We're going to find out in the next twelve to sixteen hours or so or so. Yep. Um, why this game actually happens. And then, and for the first time, and by the way, this is the first time, Rams, that we've ever done this on the show, the wild card pick. You know, there's there's four other games that we could pick, and the good news is is that Rams and I have a different wild card, so you're going to get a Mizzou at South Carolina pick here. South Carolina is a six-and-a-half-point home dog. We love home dogs on this show. And Mississippi mm-hmm. State at Georgia – um, we're going to, to to pick that one as well. Georgia is a 25-point home favorite against Mike Leach and Mississippi State Brams. The Mississippi State-LSU game feels like it was 10 years ago at this point. I, I barely remember it. it. It feels like it was several coaches ago, but <laughs> it actually was Mike Leach at the helm of the Bulldogs as they took it to – uh, the, obviously, in hindsight, as the season has gone on and progressed and we've seen those teams kind of go their separate ways since then, it's clear that, that Bo Pelini was pretty much the deciding factor in why Mississippi State took it to LSU so hard and his just absolute uh, intransigence, if I can bust out a vocab word on you, in continuing to play man-to-man coverage and refusing to go to a zone, which every team since then has basically played a, a zone of some form of zone coverage and easily handled Mississippi State. So you got to feel bad about why exactly Bo Pelini even has not come under more fire. He's come under some fire from LSU fans in the know, but it is crazy to me to think about just how easily Mississippi State beat LSU and how different they've gone since then. And uh, I think that's the major factor. I told you that he was one of the smartest guys I, I've worked with, and here we are only a few minutes into the pod, and he's – He's dropping big words on us, and for the record, words that I don't even know what they mean. Brands, you want to enlighten the audience? Uh, could you use that in, in a sentence? Intrans- <laughs> intransigence is, is, you know, means stubbornness. It's it's being truculent. It's being it's refusing to change, even though all evidence points to the fact that you should. That, that there you go. Okay, well, you know what? That is a phenomenal segue into Gus Malzahn and the Auburn Tigers. Tennessee at Auburn, 10.5-point spread here, Auburn at home. Gus Malzahn, you, you want him to change that offense for Bo Nix, but it's just not happening. He brings in Chad Morris. You, you think potentially that Bo Nix will, will make the step in in year two that, that a lot of quarterbacks make in the SEC, especially when they are a true freshman quarterback that does a really nice job. But 
here we are, and, and I don't think Bo Nix has made that step. When I I, I said, when I saw that 10.5-point line, Brams, I was quite frankly shocked by that. What was your reaction to it? Right. It's a big number. I mean, you're at home. I get it. The team has looked better. Tennessee's looked bad, but it's a big, big number. And it's it's right it's right at that point where you don't know quite which way to go. You want to lean when you hear it when you see ten point five as a number. You you want to just kind of go with the underdog by default. But there are some different factors at play here, so I'm interested to see what you think. But I, it's tough to know any team that you would give minus 10.5 for Auburn, even at home this year. You know, I think one of the most important things to note here is that Auburn at home and away are two very, very different football teams. And, I agree with that. And, and Bo Nix home and away is two, is, is two very different quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. whenever Auburn's at home, I understand – why they're favorite. I understand why uh, people are willing to back the Tigers. But here at 10.5 points, I just do not feel comfortable. I don't. It's a very, very uncomfortable position to me. I don't like this Auburn line at 10.5. I think that Auburn could win this football game. But I think it's a football game sure. that, that it's a fourth-quarter football game. I think it's a one-score I, game. I think I think they should win this football game, obviously. It, it's, that's no lie. But again, we're talking about Gus Malzahn's Auburn team here. When was the last time they covered 10 and a half points against anybody? <laughs> that's a great question. I don't know. I'd have to look that up um, because they just, they just don't, they don't. And, and, and speaking of Jordan Hare stadium, right? Like there's a better chance that we get what a close game with a crazy finish. than we exactly. do a blowout where Auburn just looks great. And in the fourth quarter can put out its subs and, and 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 really cruise to the finish line. I think Brams, like I really do think that there is going to be a point in this football game where Auburn is covering the number. They will, yeah. I can see them having, uh, you know, a, a two touchdown lead at some point. But again, this is this is a team and a you know a program that makes a habit of playing close games, whether they like it or not. So. Despite all the, you know, bad run we've seen from Tennessee, I think they've lost, what, four straight after winning their first two games of the year, and they've lost every game by double digits, if not more, since then. So you're thinking, okay, you know, Tennessee, they're just going to go into Auburn and it's going to be lambs to the slaughter once again. But they've had a week off because of COVID postponement last week. I The things I'm hearing from Tennessee beat writers and from Jeremy Pruitt in his press conferences is that, Garantano looks better in practice than he ever has all year. It, it makes me want to lean Tennessee just based on those factors. I don't know that I'm going to officially go on record as picking Tennessee. This, that, that's the that's the situation we're in with Auburn every week. Is I don't I don't want to make this pick because either way I commit, I feel like I'm going to get screwed. Well, you know what? I've got really bad news for you, pal. You're the guest picker on the Friday edition of Football and Grits. <laughs> so pick a side. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that is kind of the point of why we're here today, obviously. Uh, I think I think based on everything that we've kind of taken into account, and whether this is a good reason or a bad reason, that off week, that extra week of practice, that little bit of motivation, I just feel, and, and based on everything we've just said about Auburn, 
I, if I had to pick it, I'm going to pick Tennessee to cover the ten and a half. Well done, well done. We're on the same side. I'm going to, I'm going gr- to grit my teeth and pick Tennessee. <laughs> We're on the same side, and and that's a good thing. History, uh, and and the the short history of this podcast will tell anyone when when I'm on the same side as somebody else, it usually ends up pretty well. And, and, and especially when that side is because of off field motivational factors. And I want to add one more thing to a motivational motivational factor in this game is that when Will Muschamp got fired at South Carolina next week, um, where did everybody look next? Knoxville, Tennessee, everybody said, you know, is a coach going to get fired during the pandemic? These schools are losing money. Is someone going to pull the trigger? Maybe not. This is awkward. South Carolina and athletic director Ray Tanner said, you know what? We're going to cut the cord. We're done. And a lot of people this week talked about how maybe that would have given cover to someone like Tennessee and Phil Fulmer, who's looking at Jeremy Pruitt and saying, you know, he's not getting the job done. So this to me is a show me game for Jeremy Pruitt in Tennessee. I think, um, if I may here, Brams, if I may, um, and you may, and, and I don't, I'll allow it. <laughs> I don't always, you know, it, it's important that I, that I say like Tennessee straight up is not my pick, but, but if you're feeling but like they, if you, they could win, if you're exactly, they could win. Exactly. So if you're looking for a right. money line dog this weekend, Tennessee is a really, really good option. Uh, it could be. A, it's going to be a really good game. Uh, I, I think these are two evenly matched programs right now, and that ten and a half number does not reflect. Um, I, I believe really where this these two programs are, and the only way Auburn covers this number if they're feeling good at home and got a full stadium backing them, and, and they don't right now. They're going to have a limited crowd. And and I think we got a chance to maybe see a lot of turnovers in this football game. And at that point, you might as well just throw out the play sheet and see what happens. Um, so we're both on Tennessee here. And, and if you're feeling frisky on a Saturday afternoon in November, maybe play with that money line on, on Tennessee. But don't take Auburn money line, whatever you do. <laughs> that is right. right? Like, right. We can agree on that as well. Like, you uh, could be sweating. <laughs> you could be sweating the entire game for sure. on Kind of like I was when Auburn played Arkansas at home. And I had Auburn money line in that game. It won, but it was it was a close one. The some would say you should not have won that one. <laughs> the, <laughs> a lot of those people live in Fayetteville. The rules of football might say that I shouldn't have won that. that yeah, game. yeah, exactly. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, LSU at Arkansas is our next game here, and you heard the disclaimer off the top of the show. 
clearly there's some COVID issues. Um, Arkansas is dealing with the the 53-man scholarship limit. They might not get there. If they do, what does that mean for this game? Sam Pittman is back on the sideline after dealing with, with COVID-19 himself. And they're playing for the boot. They're playing for the boot. Right. And the boot. Okay, if here's a good question for you, Rams, and I'm I'm really excited to have you on the show today because you you get the SEC and and you by the way, you, Daniel's on the Paul Feinbaum show all the time. You can see him, you can hear him, you can really get to know him. He knows what he's talking about, and, and this is why I'm going to ask him. Uh, I do my best. This, this is why I'm going to ask him this question right now. Is that is because I know he knows the answer. LSU and Arkansas. Who gives a shit about the boot? I think Arkansas cares much more about the boot than LSU does. By a lot. <laughs> By a lot, yes. <laughs> Precisely. Does that mean something this weekend? I think it does. I think it especially does when they're playing at Arkansas. It's a home game for the Hogs. And um, um, amazingly, I, I think you might agree with me. COVID issues aside, I would say the wrong team is favored in this matchup. I mean... LSU is a road favorite at Arkansas, and you know both teams have losing records. LSU has looked worse. That Arkansas should probably have a winning record if you take the Auburn game and what happened there. And the, you know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of Hog fans that will tell you they are not three and four. They are in fact four and three, <laughs> and they're gonna they're gonna go to their grave thinking that right now. And LSU, I I, I don't know if there's. I don't know if a defending national champion has ever looked worse in my entire fandom of college football. I, I don't want to say lifetime because a lot of stuff happened back before I can remember. But the time that I've been a, a big college football fan and followed it closely, I can't remember a national champion ever looking worse the following season. And the the bottom has dropped out for the Tigers. And I, they don't even know who they're going to start a quarterback, and they're a favorite on the road. That just—I mean—it's absolutely nuts to me. They're—they're they're living on that national championship reputation. They're living on that LSU brand. There is—there's no doubt about that. And um, he, let me put your point into perspective using a number, and that's what we do on the show. We use numbers to hash out these football games. Do you know what the line in this football game was last year? <laughs> Uh, in the three touchdown, four touchdown range, I guess it was forty-two. <laughs> wow, <laughs> amazing! It was forty-two points list last year, and now it's minus two. We have a forty-point line swing in one year. That is wow. insane. Yeah, incredible. I like the home dog here. I like Arkansas. Give me the two points. Uh, like you said, LSU don't necessarily, doesn't necessarily know who its quarterback is. The defense is absolutely abysmal. And there's one key here mm -hmm. that I've talked about on the show over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, and it's Kendall Bryles. Sure. Kendall Bryles is an unbelievable play caller. And you give him an experienced quarterback in Felipe Franks at home in a rivalry game, I think Arkansas has right. a chance to, to, to win this game easily, Brams. With some playmakers. I mean, it's not like Felipe is out there doing it just by himself. Traylon Burks has had a phenomenal year so far. He's 
one of the breakout stars of the season. Rakeem Boyd, not quite the numbers that I might have expected from him this year, but he is holding it down in the backfield. They have a little bit of a two-headed monster back there as well. I like Arkansas's weapons. I, L- I think Arkansas actually has better weapons than LSU this year, which is crazy to even think about. Yeah. But it, the line is kind of mystifying to me. I agree. I, I mean, I could see if you told me Arkansas was minus one just as, a, as the home team hoping to, you know, looking to pull off a victory, then I would get it. I would say, okay, you know, giving LSU some credit. To see LSU as a favorite is just almost mind-boggling. My theory is is that if Vegas were to make Arkansas the home favorite here, I think that they would completely be giving away who wins this football game, right? Right. And, and what do the bookmakers and Vegas need to do every time they set a line? Right. They they need to get action. They need to get action on both sides. Obviously, they're not necessarily picking a winner. They are trying to find the best number that will give them action on both sides. And guess what a lot of casual bettors are going to do when they see LSU minus two at Arkansas? They're going to drop the hammer on the Tigers. They absolutely are. And if you're in the know, like we are, and like you are, by the way, the listener on Football and Grits, Arkansas plus two against this LSU team, team is is almost a steal. And if we're going to be talking about money, long do- money line dogs, and we're going to be talking about home dogs, and we're going to be true to ourselves, like this is the, this is the moment. This is the moment this weekend yep. in the SEC. Um, does it happen? Who knows? You know, maybe LSU and, and Bo Pelini finally get to have, have put that defense together, but odds are they haven't. So um, we're too – Right. I mean, they've had a week off as well. I- I know you love the home dogs, but the one thing that's better than home dogs is home hogs. So <laughs> let's go with the Razorbacks. Let's take them all the way, and let's let's forget the number and just bet a money line. There we go, Arkansas straight up this this weekend at home. And if the game doesn't happen, we're gonna be we're gonna be disappointed. Um, as of now, it is happening. But when you're listening to this on Friday or Saturday morning, there's a chance that um, this game has been postponed. But we're crossing our fingers. And- if if we miss this pick, that's what we'll blame it on. Is is just they didn't quite have enough players available. The COVID got them a little bit too rough. We'll see what happens. That could that could really be um, a deciding factor. You know, if, if if tomorrow we see the test results and they do clear the bar and they can play the game, but but they've got a, a ton of of impact players sitting on the sideline. Yeah, that that's going to change the game. And but as we sit here today. Um, there's no doubt that Arkansas is the pick here. I 100% agree with you. Okay, yep. okay, wild card selection here. I'm excited. This is the first time we're doing this on the show. There's four more games on the slate. Um, Kentucky at Bama, Florida at Vanderbilt, Mizzou at South Carolina, Mississippi State at Georgia. Mississippi State at Georgia is going to be my selection. Mizzou at South Carolina is going to be Bram's selection. But first, before we started recording today, uh, you made a really, really good point about the – Kentucky, Bama game, Bama a 30-point favorite at home. What what are you thinking here? And and please share your insight with the audience. Well, I know you're not a huge fan of dealing with massive spreads on this show, so I didn't want to go too deep into it. But I do think that anytime you're betting a Bama game, and this is important, you have to put yourself into Nick Saban's mindset. And you have to think to yourself, it's not about necessarily the players on the field. It's about what is Nick Saban trying to do with this game? Because you expect Alabama to win, obviously. So 
I'm not saying that he cares necessarily about the betting aspect of it. I'm not saying he that the line is a big deal to him. But what is it? What I do think he's considering, and I don't know Nick Saban, but I do think he's considering how he wants to address his team in the post game, even before the game even kicks off, in a situation like this where they're a 30 point favorite. So if you're gonna bet this game, you need to try to put yourself in Nick Saban's head and think. Does he want to cover the 30-point spread, or would he rather have a close game so that he can dress his team down and motivate them for a future, you know, to, for a future bigger game where they are going to be a much closer situation? So 30-point line against Kentucky, obviously we expect Alabama to beat Kentucky. No one in their right mind would ever pick Kentucky to win this one straight up. But are they going to cover 30 points? In a midseason situation, I kind of think – this might be a spot where, hey, maybe Saban doesn't necessarily want to win by 30 points and he's happy to have a closer game than expected so that he can sort of have a basis for his postgame speech to get the team going uh, for the next week. So that, that's just something to consider if you're going to play that game. Uh, love it. That's some, that's some great insight, and it's hard to argue with that. I, I think you're spot on. Uh, Bama wins this game, clearly. I mean, like, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Kentucky money line bet would just be like throwing cash down the toilet, um, and Nick Saban has a chance to name his score. You know, what do they do in the second half? Right. You know, Mac Jones, who who has his Heisman Now campaign kicked off, but they've got a, a really good freshman quarterback in Bryce Young sitting around who needs reps. Uh, this could be an opportunity for maybe that second unit to get a chance in the fourth quarter when Bama's up 24. And they might not get to that 30 number, and you're, you're, you're there itching your neck at the end of the game. It's, tw- it's a 28-point game, and you're worried about the spread. Right. I'm staying away for that reason. Right. Um, exactly. One thing with the big numbers that I do like to consider is what the final score could be, right? Sure. So when I think about Bama at home against Kentucky, I don't expect Kentucky to score more than 17 points. And I do think Bama could put up 40. So do the quick math. Sure. And that comes in under the number, 40 to 17. It's just not enough. So right. it's, a, it's a stay away game. But um, unless you've got a direct. At the same time, 47 to 17 is just as much in play as well. So you don't necessarily know. But again, I would lean towards a closer game than the 30-point spread. Love it. Um As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 
Do you want to do Mizzou at South Carolina first or Mississippi State at Georgia? So, yeah. So, for my real wild card, after saying I wasn't going to go too in-depth into that uh, <laughs> Kentucky-Alabama game and then, you know, writing a book about it, <laughs> I will go to my actual wild card pick, which is the Mizzou-South Carolina game, which, depending on, you know, the book you're using or what you're using, I've got it as Mizzou as a six-and-a-half favorite on the road at South Carolina. Yep. And for me – it's just again it's it's almost like i don't know i i i think in this case mizzou's long layoff of missing last week they are also facing you know eligibility issues and having enough players to play they they've had that same situation with a, like with arkansas and another couple teams we talked about and then you've got obviously south carolina coming off a coach firing which is you know a lot of people like to play that sort of oh there's going to be a bounce there's going to be a bounce with listening to the new guy and maybe they'll play better than expected, sort of up to their more talent level. But here's the deal. Here's why I'm actually going to pick Mizzou. And it's because with all that swirling around, like we just said, the new coach bounce versus, you know, COVID issues and and having enough scholarship players to play. The biggest news out of this week was not Will Muschamp's firing. The biggest news in Columbia, South Carolina this week was the best two cornerbacks on the team opting out and deciding to leave and not finish their seasons and get ready for the NFL draft. And uh, JC Horn and Izzy Makamua, like that is going to be a much bigger loss for the South Carolina team than Will Muschamp, I think. And Mizzou has the playmakers. They have a decent quarterback in Connor Bazelak. And I think he'll be able to exploit some inexperienced secondary for South Carolina. And I think Mizzou should be able to win this and cover. Mizzou opened this game as basically a pick 'em on the road, which means Vegas liked them. I mean, you usually do three points for home and away. Um, and as soon as Will Muschamp got fired, as soon as uh, these corners that you talk about opted out, that line just went wild and moved all the way to a touchdown. So, in my which I'm not a fan of that. You, no? that, that that would make me nervous generally. But I do think, I mean though. South Carolina secondary gave up some pretty bad statistics anyway, and now their top two corners are gone. I, I just, right. I don't like it. Yeah, and and you know Alyssa Lang, a a former guest picker on the show, um, who you work with closely still at SEC Network. Uh, when we talked to her, she said like you can't trust South Carolina. You just you just can't do it. South Carolina had their one game this year against Auburn, and the likelihood of them having another right. one is pretty slim. And the fact that they're a a six-and-a-half-point home dog, this isn't the – And I know you love the home I do. I I know. I know it's hard. It is hard. I'm not going to be mad at you if you pick against me and pick South Carolina, but I got to go with – You know why I'm not picking South Carolina in this one? Because this isn't the Premier League, you know? The the managerial bump that happens regularly in the Premier League does not happen in college football. Right, it's not like you have this brand right. new boss who's coming into South Carolina where these players need to prove themselves. There's an interim coach who's already been on the staff. Right, and it's also it's not as if the South Carolina players were fed up with with Will Muschamp. The South Carolina players loved Will Muschamp, and they would have been more than happy to see him continue out and finish this season. It was the administration, it was the fan base that got rid of Will Muschamp, not the players. Thirteen million dollar buyout. Wow, he's 
Yeah. He's li- <laughs> must be nice. Man, must be must, nice. Must be must be really really nice. I, people people keep saying Will Muschamp is going to crop up as Nick Saban's newest consultant. There's there's no chance. He's going to get on a boat and disappear and <laughs> sail around the world and never be heard from again. I, that's what I would do at least. Sure. That's what he should do. That that's that's absolutely what he should do. I'm not on the record on this one. Like I would probably take Mizzou, but this is a stay away game for me. I'm just not sure. Uh, it is a wild is. card, but it is a wild but, but that's card. why this is called the wild card pick. I I, I think that you're onto something. There's no doubt about it. I, I like you're not, when you're saying these things. I'm not like hmm. I don't know, but no, you're 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 definitely onto something. So the final the final game that we're going to pick today that I'm going to pick anyway, Brams. I don't know if you want to go on the record on this one, but I'm going to go on the record. I'll think about it. I'm going to go on the record and say that Georgia absolutely wipes the floor with Mississippi State on Saturday, and. The 25-point number here is concerning for, for, for really one reason, and that is that Georgia has proven all season long that they're having a tough time putting up a big number on the offensive side of the mm-hmm. football. And if I were to circle one game this year where Georgia has a chance to score 40-plus and even get close to that 50-burger, it's this one. I think Georgia has a chance to win this football game 48 to 3. I think they need to win it 48 to 3. Obviously, just their hopes of making the college football playoff this year are pretty much out the window, but just for their mental health and just to feel good about themselves, they need to put up that big number. So I'm I'm not uh not doubting you there. What do you think of uh, with JT Daniels stepping in as the new starting quarterback? I truly don't. Is that a good no, thing or a bad? I think thing? it's a good thing. I think it's a really, really good thing. I, I'd rather have JT Daniels at quarterback than Stetson Bennett. Let's let's be honest with ourselves. JT Daniels is a much, 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 much better quarterback than Stetson Bennett, and he's proven that. He proved that at USC. Right, uh, and he proved that in high school as well. This kid—he won a few games at USC. Exactly. Yeah. This this kid—he's got a better arm than Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett is a great story. I just think that Kirby Smart has mismanaged this quarterback situation in the worst way possible. But if you look at all the other pieces on this Georgia team outside of the passing game, they can stack up with nearly anybody in the country. And I know that they're dealing with a lot of issues on the defensive side of the football. The fact that Georgia's at home in Athens in this game is really important to me because Kirby Smart is a defensive coach. And when you're playing at home on defense, like the last thing that you want to do is give up points. When you're a defensive guy and you're a defensive head coach that prides yourself on playing good defense, you protect your home field more than you protect the field on the road. That's just how defense works. Sure. And and Mike sure. Leach and Mississippi State, they're coming into this football game a shell of what this program sure. could potentially be. Um, I think there's like a, legit, well, a legitimate shot that Mississippi State doesn't score a point. Yeah, and they, as much as we talk about the Georgia quarterback situation, it's not as if the Mississippi State quarterback situation is any better, obviously. Right. Plus, they have no Kylan Hill. Uh, if, if you look at Mississippi State, they scored zero against Bama. They scored two against Kentucky. <laughs> they only only put up 24 against Vanderbilt. So, you're, real, uh, you know, you're really questioning their ability to put up points against anybody. Only 14 against Arkansas. Uh, 14 against A&M, you know, those are all pretty good defenses. And the Georgia defense is right up there, obviously, despite their injury issues. 
the Georgia defense is perfectly capable of holding a team under 10 points and potentially shutting a team out. So I don't hate your pick at all. Uh, it's a road game, right? Uh, so Georgia is going to be extra motivated, like you said, defending their home field. I kind of like the pick. Uh, I, you know, I don't know when I'm going to be back on this podcast, so I have no fear of going on the record. So I will go on the record and say that even though 25 is – the one of the weirdest lines I've ever seen on a college football <laughs> yes, game from Vegas. I, I don't know how they came up with 25. Uh, I mean, 24, I could see 27. I could see 25 is just, just strange to me, but it's 2020. So nothing shocking. I will count on Georgia to cover the 25 and I count on them to cover 30 because I think they can win this game by 30 points easy. It's going to be a really fun weekend in the sec. Just talking about uh, these games with you has got me excited. And that's why I love doing this, this content towards the end of the week. It's, it's, I love recapping football games. Don't get me wrong. Reacting to games is fun. Seeing what happens on the field, talking about it. But when you get into Friday right. and you get into Saturday morning, there's a reason why College Game Day is one of the best shows that ESPN has. Because college football, it's about the buildup, man. It's about the games. It's about talking yeah. about – it's about tailgating. And I know 2020 has made tailgating so difficult. These SEC stadiums have been, you know, not what we're used to seeing – but all in all, I will give the league credit. You know, as we sit here recording on Thursday, November 19th, the fact that we've made it almost to Thanksgiving, sure, last weekend was not ideal. But there's more games now. No. Uh, they're, they're being flexible. They're going to play um, games on championship Saturday uh, of, for teams that are, that are not in that SEC championship game. The league has – That's going to be an amazing day. Think about how great that day is going to be. Exactly. With, exactly. Uh, you're, you're used to watching, you know, Central Florida and Memphis, you know, put up the points as your uh, SEC appetizer before the big championship game. Now you can actually get to see SEC games as your, as, to warm you up for the championship. I can't wait. For you know, I got to be honest with you. It's like I am kind of – um, scared that things are going to go back to normal next year as far as the schedule is concerned. Like, like I am. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I truly am. I, I want I want more conference games. I don't want the long layoff between Thanksgiving weekend and Christmas. Like, mm-hmm. hold on to your butts. Uh, like, this next month in the SEC is going to be insane. It's going to be fun, and it starts on Saturday. Um, hopefully these picks work out for, for the weekend. Um you know, it's it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, Brams. Uh, you can follow Brams on Twitter at Danny Brams, B R A M S at Danny Brams. Uh, make sure you follow him. Make sure you check him out on the Paul Feinbaum show. Uh, he's the man, and hopefully you've gotten to know him a little bit better on the show today. And uh, I really appreciate you joining us, John. I can't thank you enough, and you're the man. You're the actual man. <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm proud of you and everything you're doing since you. Since we were producing partners back in the day, I miss you every day. And uh, really great to talk games with you and just just preview another fun weekend upcoming in the SEC. I hope you invite me back sometime. He's Daniel Bramlett. He's one of the unsung heroes of SEC media. There's no doubt about that. Uh, again, follow him on Twitter. See him on the Paul Feinbaum Show. And do us a favor. Do me a favor, please. Subscribe, rate, review the show. Leave us a five-star rating. It made, makes a huge difference. It helps get the word out about the show. And subscribe to The Athletic and listen to the show ad-free. You can do that for $1 a week at theathletic.com slash grits. Go to that website. And not only will you get 
uh, this show ad free. You'll get every show on the Athletics Podcast Network ad free, as well as all of our writing, which includes, by the way, um, one of the nominees for the National Sports Writer of the Year, Nicole Auerbach. Huge shout out to Nicole Auerbach for being nominated uh, to receive that award. She's done a phenomenal job this year covering college football. For I hope she wins. I hope she wins. She's had a great she, year. She absolutely has. It's and a difficult year too. It's not. It's not easy to report on everything that's happened in college football um, over the last six months. But she's putting her nose down and and, and she's done it really well. Uh, enjoy the football this weekend. Again, I'm John Hayes. Follow me at John Hayes on air. We'll be back Monday with Andy Staples and David Ubbin to review the weekend in the SEC. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.